Hello, I'm Jamie Bricker, and I'd like to welcome everyone once again to our ongoing weekly podcast series, Affective Leadership, Positivity Promotes Productivity. Last week, we began our discussion on lapses in leadership, as there are some key pitfalls that leaders of all organizations need to really make a concerted effort to avoid. There are five major potential lapses in leadership, and last week we discussed the first three. Rings of exclusion, poor communication, and a failure to clarify goals. Today's discussion will focus on the final two important pitfalls that affective leaders must do their very best to avoid. But before we begin our discussion, it is my pleasure as always to introduce my podcast partner and co-host, Jack Barkley. Well, thank you, Jamie. Very much enjoying our look at lapses in leadership and how best to avoid them. So, Jack, what were your biggest takeaways from last week's discussion on lapses in leadership? Well, to me, Jamie, I really am very much struck by how quickly uh, a leader can get caught up in a lapse without thinking ahead in each of the key areas that you mentioned and we've discussed, exclusion, poor communication and and uh, failure to, to set goals, clear goals. And I think one key takeaway is really the need for the leader to think ahead in each of these areas by being proactive rather than reactive. The, the leader is much more successful at avoiding um, such lapses or gaps. And I believe too, like as we discussed that believing in inclusivity, strong and timely communication and clear goal setting is one thing. However, ensuring that they actually happen is so important to overall success as a leader. And this is a day-to-day commitment for the leader. No, well said. I mean, let's face it, Jack, there's a huge difference between a leader agreeing with a concept versus the leader making a genuine commitment to that initiative. But I think the missing piece of that puzzle, of course, is real leadership is all about then getting the leadership team and all of the employees to genuinely buy in. So there's really kind of a multi kind of tiered approach. Yeah, that's, that's such a good point, Jamie. Thanks for clarifying that. And then I would, I would say lastly, leaders need to check constantly their self-awareness regarding all of the areas we're discussing uh, last week and this week, as this check-in ensures that things will get accomplished and that your leadership stays on track. I really like that self-awareness bit you referred to, Jack, because it's so true. And I, I call it my self-reflection loop. And having an ongoing self-reflection loop is, is so important for leaders to recognize and routinely utilize. And I think it's, we've talked a lot about feedback over our weeks together, Jack, but there's more to it than just simply the giving and receiving of feedback, because leaders also need to be able to ask themselves, kind of like that voice in your own head, to ask yourselves those tough questions, And then once again, it's one thing to kind of recognize the tough questions, but then leaders also need to have the courage and conviction to make any necessary changes. That's so true, Jamie. Like, I agree completely. And the first area of focus today, and of course, the course, excuse me, the fourth on our overall list is the whole issue of properly utilizing time. For everybody in every role, time is obviously a very limited resource. And many leadership missteps really all stem from number four, mismanagement of time. 
And any discussion about time management to me has got to start with the word priorities. And affective leaders who are really getting the most out of their time each day, they are very good at putting issues and concerns into one of four categories. The must-dos, top priority. The should-dos, I'll get to them as soon as I can, but they certainly need to be done. The could-dos, which are a longer-term uh, proposition, and some of them may or may not get done. And then, of course, the don't-dos. And the don't-dos can be classified that way for a variety of reasons, but the bottom line is they are a waste of your valuable time spending any time and thought and energy on them. Right, Jamie. And there's no doubt when you say that waste of time, you can get caught up in any one of those and it can, it can take an inordinate amount of time and then you find yourself rushing things. I like that when you say priorities, that short to-do list uh, always worked for me of those top priorities and clear deadlines. And I kept that in front of me so that I get to it that day and I would be able to knock things off that, that list. Well, thanks Jack for mentioning it. Yeah, that was a glaring omission in what I was saying a minute ago. So thanks for nailing it. Priorities have to have a deadline. It isn't some, some kind of timeless exercise where you're telling yourself, yeah, this is important, but like no rush. You're right, there absolutely is a deadline. But it also reminds me of the kind of the, the balance of an important issue versus an urgent issue. And rarely are they one and the same. Occasionally they are, but rarely are they one and the same. And I think it's important to not rush through really deep multifaceted issues because you just do not come up with the best possible outcome. And then I think your, like your credibility takes a big hit because then it's just retraction after retraction after retraction. So, and for most issues, I think kind of slow and steady really uh, wins the race. And then I look at it as a leader too, a big issue on time management is really understanding what issues are truly hands-on versus hands-off. In other words, what issues are best served if a leader is a few feet away from employees working with them versus what issues are best addressed if the leaders quote a few thousand feet away kind of looking up from that or looking down excuse me from that proverbial helicopter kind of overseeing things and and delegating and so on and the other thought jack that comes to mind is we've talked a lot about leaders being accessible over the course of our podcast series. And we both agree, that's important, absolutely. We're not, you know, we're not kind of hiding in our office all day. We're, we're out there, we're accessible. But I think part of it too, though, is understanding, once again, the priority of issues, because as you're accessible and kind of quote, out there, loads of people can come up to you throughout a day and say, hey, you got a minute, you got a minute, you got a minute. Well, those minutes suddenly become a whole lot of hours. And then you become like the proverbial ping pong ball and you're not really focusing or prioritizing on anything. So even though we want to be accessible, we also want to consider those priorities. Wow, Jamie, that, that's true. And, and when I hear you talk about have you got a minute, very rarely is it just a minute. It, it, those minutes, as you say, add up and it, it, it's longer than that. Not that some of those things don't require time, but you, again, you have to be judicious in what you, what you choose, just as you say. You know, I, I think too, in, in this day of electronic communication, and, and we've talked about that as well in previous podcasts, but 
the, the management, your own management and organization of your electronic communication, your email is so important because as we know, uh, there, when you hear that, especially if there's a sound connected to it on your phone, or you hear that email come in or you see the full inbox, your page is unread, uh, there's that piece to, to get into those and clear them out of the way. Well, you can get caught up in managing email all day and get to very little other things. And so I think picking <clears throat> specific times to do that, having that, we talk about that 24 hour rule of getting back to people um, and addressing things through email uh, is so important. And it takes a, a, it takes that self-discipline to be able uh, to, to do that uh, where that's concerned. So while it's very helpful using it correctly, uh, using email correctly is, is so important. We, we could talk for a whole podcast on email, uh, but, but you know, we, again, we, we wanna move on to other points. So uh, the other thing I think to meeting times uh, and agendas for meetings are really, really helpful. Agendas keep you on track, clarifying the main points. But then as a leader, starting on time, Clara and asking those clarifying uh, questions at meetings are so important to make sure that you stay on track, that you have that understanding and, and that you, you don't get sidetracked into a longer meeting than what needs to be done. Well, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And also like the whole idea of an agenda too, it allows people to plan, but also on the agenda itself, I think it's important to show kind of parameters of what the rough estimate of time spent on a given topic is going to be. So everybody going in knows this is a 10 minute discussion versus a half hour discussion or, or so on. Because as you're saying, Jack, it's far too easy to get you know way off course. And in terms of starting, like in terms of the start of the meeting, this whole starting on time piece, I uh, I think it is an incredibly disrespectful and a real waste of time, um, valuable time for all the people. You know, ninety percent of people have come to the eight thirty meeting for eight thirty. Well, we're, we're not waiting for the two or three stragglers. Everybody is going to have the occasional valid reason for being late, a few minutes, and. Uh, you know, not way late, but a few minutes, and that, and that and that's understood. But if someone is chronically late, then of course that's a private meeting that the leader needs to have with that employee. But overall, we start on time, and it's just a it's a good use of time, obviously, but it's also a respect thing, and also, but it really sets the tone for the organization. Right. That's it's that's so important, Jamie. Like I, I like that idea of how you put that as respect, uh, because everybody's time. Uh, is, is important. Now, the last point here, I think, is one of the questions leaders is we always ask, what can I control versus what can I not control? And another way of putting that, in other words, you know, you don't want to get caught up taking uh, on items that steal your time. Is that something that can be uh, like, like when you defined important, urgent, or things that I would get to? Or can I ha can I delegate those to, to somebody else, you know, and so on. So you don't want to get bogged down by things that are fully going to take up your own time. And that's I think that's an on-the-go decision each day with, with how you how you manage things. Now, this this is a nice lead into our fifth and final um, lapse, as, as we say, but you know, we talk about poor personnel decisions. And I think it is so important, and, and this is a wide-ranging topic, but one begins with recruitment and hiring and promotions is, is that 
you know, you don't want to rush decisions. You, you want to hire for the right reasons. You want to encourage people to move forward for the right reasons. And you don't want to have to go back on those choices. So I think, you know, leadership is all about doing that, developing people, bringing in people, recruiting and developing them, but doing that in a proper format. You know, well, it, it reminds me, Jack, remember we had a, one of our guests a few months ago had a great analogy about making sure you've got the right people on the right seats on basically the corporate bus. Yep. So he, he talked about the importance of kind of placing or whatever you want to call it, shifting and, and, and very deliberately putting people in certain roles or whatever, which of course is very important. But of course, as you were talking about kind of the recruitment and hiring process, that made me think, well, yeah, but it's before you ever start looking at what role they're going to play, you have to make sure going back a few steps that you, in fact, have the right people from your pool of potential people to put in any role. In other words, you've got to get the right people in the door in the first place. That's so that's so true, Jamie. Like, And it's a great analogy. I often I think of that as well. And, and, you know, it makes me think, too, that the leader's decisions, especially around personnel and getting people in those right seats, uh, any personnel related, they're always on display. Your, your team is going to notice who you hire, who you recruit, who you encourage to promote uh, and, and lead on to other things. So I think a lot of dis- judgment around your leadership is based on, on this part of what we're talking about. And, and I would just add, you know, taking that time to think and avoiding that immediate and emotional responses. Because many of these decisions you can't take back once you've hired somebody, you can't change your mind. So you, you want to make sure you do it right the first time. Oh, no question. It's got to be deliberate. And it's got to be logical. And then also a, a big part of that to me is, is thoroughly checking references. So someone can very impressive paperwork. They can a very strong interview. But I, I still make a real point of checking references. And also when, as the potential hirer, I want to make sure that I've got some really like planned specific questions for this reference. So we're not kind of wasting our time with a generic. I want to, you know, a few questions that may have kind of arisen as a result of the uh, interview or whatever, but some really deliberate questions to ask this person. And by the same token, of course, Jack, like lots of times leaders are going to be providing a reference for someone. And I think it's important that if an employee asks us to be a reference, that we uh, have that honest discussion with them, that if I'm going to be a reference, please understand this is what I'm going to convey to a a future employer type thing. And if uh, a future employer does in fact call me down the road and ask for my feedback on a a candidate, I think it's important to, once again, to to be honest and and forthcoming. It's just a credibility piece. It it sure is, Jamie. That integrity piece, and we've talked about integrity as a big part of leadership and no no more so than the example that you that you gave there, you know, and so on. Now, I also think too that that one of the, the lapses that you can have is, is you really want, I think a big part of leadership is providing the support and growth opportunities for employees as they come along, and not only the right employees for that, but the opportunities. And if you're not doing that, 
uh, for fear of say losing an employee or or they won't be able to do that work that you expect them to do well that's that's setting yourself up as a leader uh, for failure you know if you're not having the confidence to do that because I think we both agree that the leader, him or herself grows when the team grows and when other people are successful around you. Oh, the leader grows, the company grows, and maybe most importantly, the reputations of both the leader and the overall company grow. And I think it's a real, real lapsjack, as you say, when leaders are afraid to see their budding star employees grow, grow and potentially go. Uh, like the bottom line is we want companies that are going to attract top people with the understanding we're going to lose some top people. Uh, but the last thing we want to do is be, is to kind of have that reputation where we're going to kind of, uh, you know, curtail people's efforts for advancement or not support them or not encourage them or not give them growth opportunities. That just would really hurt our, our uh, corporate reputation moving forward. And when word gets around, it's going to diminish the quality of candidates our company receives over the years. Yeah, absolutely, Jamie. I couldn't couldn't agree more with that. And I, you know, when I, when we we talk a lot in this section about hiring, recruitment, and and moving people forward, it's so important that we recognize our own biases as leaders. Like sometimes you might fall into that trap of I'm going to hire that person because they think like I do. Well, you've you've talked about and we've talked about a complementary team with the E and complementary there where you want differing approaches, you want differences and so on on your team. And you want to encourage that rich discussion around that. And if everybody thinks like you do as the leader, you, you may, you're not going to necessarily get that uh, and so on. And, and a, a little bit unrelated, but a, a point I, I do want to say is we touched on delegation and the, the power and importance of that is it helps you, I think it helps you with time, the previous topic we, we talked about, but it also shows the team that you trust people to have them give, give them ownership of things and, and responsibility um, and so on. You cannot do it all as the leader. And I think that's, that's a biggest mistake is when you try to try to do that, you know, and, and not delegate. Properly. Well said, no leader can do it all. And as we know, Jack, it is a, very poor use of a leader's time to, to even try to do so. Uh, to my mind, today's two talking points really, I think they really tie nicely together. As affective and impactful leaders do their best to hire and support great people, and then they give the proper amount of time to these people so they can do their jobs well. So true, Jamie, is focusing on these two areas is best for the employees involved and it's all, they're also, the focus here is clearly best for the overall well-being of the company. Now, this is our second and our final podcast on lapses in leadership. So now's a good time for a quick review. Well, number one was the whole issue of too many leaders, uh, basically, what do you want to call it, set up or allow or encourage what we called rings of exclusion. In other words, there was an inner core of kind of the in crowd who had the leader's ears and eyes and their thoughts mattered by far the most. And then there was a ring, a bunch of concentric rings all the way outside to the outsiders that the leader barely acknowledged. And obviously for a litany of reasons, that is not the way to lead and that is not the way to have an effective uh, company or successful company for that matter. Bottom line is everyone needs to be in one ring. 
And the second one, Jamie, is around poor communication. And, and I think we talked, you know, last week about uh, the amount of information you give to people. Uh, it can be too much or too little, and both of those can be detriments and, and set up problems. The timeliness of your communication and the format that that takes, spoken word versus the written word, uh, electronic, you know, and, and as, as far as that in one-on-one -on -one conversation. And, and then forgetting people in the communication. Have I, have I made sure that I've included everybody that I need to? And I think when people, that, that leaving somebody out is, is a big lapse and, and reviewing that is important. And the third lapse was all about a failure to clarify goals. And everyone has to know basically where they're headed and why. And there needs to be that really open ongoing dialogue with the understanding that of course, the path is not gonna be some straight little linear thing. It's gonna be kind of meandering at times, but still there is a destination and there are some significant kind of monitoring or, or uh, signposts along the way. But as we've discussed, Jack, the other big part of that is, is conveying, like hopefully your key people have been very much a part of establishing these goals, but then also subsequently conveying these goals to everyone in the organization and then ensuring that everyone's bought in and leaders inevitably have to step up and have some small group or private conversations with employees if there is not buy-in and, and they need to get that clarified. Okay, so this leads us to number four, Jamie, it's mismanagement of time. And we've just talked about this today, but the whole idea of priorities, important versus urgent, uh, hands-on versus hands-off for your team is, is so key uh, with, with uh, being able to not get caught up in time wasters. And then lastly, number five is around personnel and, and avoiding poor personnel decisions. We talked a lot about recruitment and hiring and promotions and how those leaders, the leader's decision is scrutinized by the team and really taking your time to think and avoiding those immediate and emotional responses. Well, as you mentioned, Jack, I mean, you live with personnel decisions potentially for a long time. So you're so right. You got to do your darndest to make sure you've got, once again, the right people in the right spot. Now, thanks everyone for joining us today. We certainly hope our discussion over the past two weeks will help leaders avoid some of those common lapses in leadership. Uh, and just like to remind everyone that our podcast is posted on a weekly basis, and there will also continue to be a weekly blog on LinkedIn. And please continue to look for our overall series, Affective Leadership. Positivity promotes productivity in both of these formats. Please feel free to connect with Jamie and me on LinkedIn. We welcome our listeners' feedback and also any suggestions for future aspects of affective leadership that you'd like explored. We can always be reached at affectiveleadership at gmail.com. And Jack and I look forward to connecting with you again next week on Affective Leadership. Positivity promotes productivity.